Hello everyone and welcome to the It's Davies World podcast. Now this is episode 12 and in this episode I will be talking about the second stage of grief which is anger. Before I begin this week's episode, it wouldn't be right if I didn't just have a quick word with everything that's going on in the world at the moment with regards to the coronavirus. Everything just seems to be so horrible right now and the whole country just seems to be waiting for something to happen. Obviously, today we had the announcement that all schools will be closing from Friday and I think that we're nearing the country going into lockdown and it just feels so so scary I've obviously no one has really known anything like this in their lifetime and I just feel so sad that it's come to this because all those little things that you kind of take for granted the things that you do on a daily basis in your day-to-day life just going shopping going to cinema going to the theater you know, going for a coffee, all of those little things that you may do, go to the pub with your friends, all of those things that you really do take for granted have kind of just been stopped. And it's so horrible. Like I was walking around the supermarket yesterday and there was people walking around with masks on. And I just felt really sad because I thought, I hope that this isn't how we have to start living our lives like the freedom of being able to just walk down the street and you know not have to put a mask on you know you take that for granted whereas now faced with what we're faced with and you know the shortages with toilet rolls and meats and veg and fruit and all of that kind of stuff it really is so horrible and I just hope that we do go into lockdown and we give the chance you know we give the country chance to heal so that we can come back stronger because i just think that there's so there's so much on the line at the moment with regards to jobs and everything like that and it oh, I, I just really feel really scared at the moment like really anxious and i just pray that you know we something happens and you know we can start to come out of this this um what we're going through at the moment because it really it's really scary but I for one will definitely not take anything more for granted ever I will you know you all those things that you really just don't think of you need to just remember how important they really are but anyway enough about the coronavirus and I'm going to move on with this week's episode now obviously last week we spoke about the first stage of grief which is denial Now, I want you to remember that, as I've said previously, grief is not a stage stage process or a sequence of steps. You don't conquer one stage and then move on to the next. You may, you know, you may go in and out of each stage. You may, you know, it's not a sequence. You're not going to experience it the way that I've said, you know, or you may do, but it, it isn't, you know, there is no 
particular order that it goes into. Um, you know, this is just my personal experience. This is how I've experienced it and my, you know, my approach in these stages and how I've how I found each stage. You know, again, you know, they are just common stages. They are not a sequence of steps. They're not a sequence of events. They just are common stages that have been recognized through grief. It's also important to remember that grief is a very personal process and it has no time limit. Neither does it have a right way to do it. Everybody's experience will be different. And as I've said, this is just my personal experience. So for me, as the effects of the shock and the denial of losing my mum started to subside, the reality and the pain started to sink in. So the enormity of that loss started to, you know, started to come. And at that time, I still was not ready. I wasn't ready to face it or to deal with it. It just was this intense emotion that was inside of me. And the only way that I could cover cover it up and deal with it was to replace it with anger. Now, it's really confusing because I think when we grieve and when we lose somebody, we expect to feel sad, we expect to feel lonely, we expect to feel tearful, you know, we expect to feel all of those feelings. But the one thing we don't expect to feel is anger. That's the one feeling that I never would have thought would, you know, would come with grief. But it did. And for me, that left me feeling so anxious. Like I just didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know whether I was, whether something was wrong with me, whether, you know, should I be feeling this way? Why was I feeling so angry and so, so annoyed with everything? Like, you know, it was, and the anger was at such a, a level that I can't even begin to explain, you know, the, you know, the intensity of that anger. My anger, and again, this is my personal experience, my anger was aimed at complete strangers. It was aimed at people that just walked past me, that, you know, had no relevance in my life whatsoever. I didn't even know who they were. I'd never seen them before, never knew they existed, but my anger was aimed at them. I wanted to scream and I wanted to shout and I wanted to grab them and shake them because they was walking around without a care in the world. Or so it seemed anyway. Obviously, we never know what's going on in people's lives and what demons they're battling with. But for me, they looked like they was just walking around without any care in the world. And there I was faced with this unbelievable pain. They was... They was going home to their families. They was, you know, on FaceTime to their mums and their dads. And, you know, they was planning and looking forward to their future. Do you know what I mean? They was planning nights out with their friends. They was planning events with their families and these amazing, beautiful holidays that they was all going to go on. They was planning all of this beautiful stuff that they was going to do. And I was having to, you know, plan saying goodbye to my mum and then arranging her funeral and then thinking of life 
without her. I, as I said, I just wanted to run up to them, grab them and shake the life out of them. I just wanted to scream at them like, why is this happening to me? Why isn't it happening to you? I, I just wanted to hurt them because I was so angry and so confused as well. I hated the doctors. I hated them completely. Um, I felt like they had... I felt like they had let my mum down. I felt like they'd failed her. But I suppose deep down, I know that they did everything that was humanly possible. They went above and beyond the duty to save her. But I couldn't see it at the time. I absolutely hated them. I detested them especially the doctor who delivered the news to like to us about my mum. Now, he was really abrupt with the way that he did it. He was really abrupt with his approach. He had no compassion whatsoever. And I was just so angry with him. But I suppose, looking back now, although I suppose, you know, I would say that I would do it in a different way, I would be more compassionate and more caring, but he's done that job for many years, so he's been in that position in so many times. So I suppose it, you know, it's just a patient to him. It's just a, you know, it's just a another case. They don't get emotionally invested, but to me, there was no compassion there. He was so abrupt he really was so abrupt at the way he dealt with us and the way that he delivered that news I I was annoyed that they didn't put my mum on the lung bypass right at the beginning because I know that had they have done that we wouldn't be in the position that we you know that we are now because it was the length of time that she was on the ventilator and the length of time that it took to get on that bypass that caused the damage and it was that reason that she got as sick as she did and I just felt like had they have done that all of this would have been avoided you know I would still have my mum and I felt like if the doctors had done their job properly my mum would still be you know would still be here and that was a major cause of my anger and I, I suppose I was I was annoyed at them annoyed that they didn't recognize those signs early annoyed that the symptoms that my mum had and the underlying conditions and everything that was going on that they didn't recognize and they didn't deal with I mean they must have known that this would happen that this is where we would go. I mean, they're supposed to be health professionals. That's how I looked at it. I was so consumed with so much anger that I couldn't see that they had tried their hardest, that they had done everything that they possibly could. I was I was also really angry and I directed that anger to my own family members and my own friends. And if I'm completely honest, I feel like I'm still in that stage now and I am really trying my hardest to stop being so angry 
and to stop being so bitter towards people because that's something that I also feel. I feel really bitter and I don't want to feel like that. That's not me as a person, but I just can't help it. You know, I'm, I've been in that, this stage of anger for so, so long now. And as I said, I, I really... I really want to stop feeling like this towards people, but I just can't help it. I was angry at them um, for still having their mums and for not having to experience this pain that I was experiencing. I looked at them and knowing that they could still phone their mum at the end of the day or they could still send their mum a text message or even they could see their mum's name flash up on their phone. That made me so upset. But then that upset was replaced with anger and that's, you know, that's how I, that's where I am now. Hearing people talk about their mum and, you know, knowing that they've still got their mum it's really hard and other than giving up and crumbling it's been replaced with anger I was also angry at people for not being there for me and for not supporting me before I lost my mum I had loads and loads and loads of friends and even more family members you know so many people and I can honestly say to you since losing my mum or even since my mum went in hospital I can probably count on one hand the amount of people that have been there for me and that makes me upset and angry you know that makes me really devastated because at a time that I needed those people the most I felt like they had abandoned me and they did because I always I know when I've had people that I that have lost somebody, I've always made sure that they was okay. I've always been there for them. I've always tried to do what I can for them, and I've always done that. And for me, I judge people by my own expectations far too much, and because I do that. I expect other people to do that as well and they didn't they literally that they it just felt like they didn't care I mean whether they do I don't know but that's how it felt to me they didn't understand they they wasn't interested and I just and I pushed them away and I still am pushing them away and to be honest with you I can't see myself letting them back in because as I said earlier, they've abandoned me at a time that I needed them the most. And I started to have the attitude where I thought to myself, no, that's okay, you do that, you do that, but one day you've got to lose your mum. And when you do, I won't be there for you. And that really isn't me. I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'll be there for anybody. But that's how I started to feel. And 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 I can't, I, I can't change that. I can't help it. I can't take that feeling away. No matter how much I want to, I can't. I suppose I was angry and I still am angry at them because do you know what? Their life carries on. Their life carries on as it did before. And mine has completely changed. I even started to look around at people 
and I was so bitter that that they were still alive and my mum wasn't. I would look at people and I would think, why is you know why did we lose my mum and you're still walking? Why are you still smoking and my mum's not here and she gave up smoking or you know all of those things and I would look at them and I would be so resentful that they were still alive and my mum wasn't and and as I said I can't help that that's how I feel I'm I really am not a nasty person I am the most loving person in the whole entire world but I can't help that that is how I have felt and that is how you know that is how this has has turned me and I am trying to think differently, but it is how I'm feeling and I can't help it. I would also, you know, I'd look around at people and I'd think, do you know what? You was all there at celebrations. You was all there when there was a party. You was all there on a Friday night when my mum was having a drink. You was all there. But where are you now? When we need you the most, where are you? Because as I said, I can honestly tell you on one hand, the amount of people that have been there for me. And I won't ever forget it. But that, you know, that's the sad thing. People's lives do go on and only a handful of people will really go above and beyond to be there for somebody. I found myself being really annoyed with people who hadn't experienced a loss. You know, people who haven't had any grief in their family I started to be really annoyed with them and think we've lost my nan my you know my my other nan my granddad my uncles my aunt and now my mum and you've not lost anybody surely it was your turn to lose someone and not mine you know surely we deserve that break you know I started to have that that really angry feeling and that being really annoyed because of that and I and I found myself taking my frustrations out on my family and my friends and and I still do you know I still do when I see them happy and not knowing what this feels like inside I take my anger out on them I take you know I'm I, I just can't stop it it's like it's like this this wave of anger that just takes over me. I was overcome and I, you know, I am overcome with so much resentment that it's just made me so bitter and I am working my hardest on this because I don't want this trait. I really don't want, I don't want to go around my life living like this, feeling like this, hating like this because it's nobody's fault that my mum's not here today. You know, I know that and I don't want to see anybody go through this pain. I never want to see anybody hurt like this. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be resentful towards people. I don't want to dislike people and distance myself from people. So I am really, really working my hardest on this. And I just want you to know I am really not a nasty person I really ain't. I sit and I often wonder to myself, like, what did me and my family, what did we do to deserve this loss? Like, what did my mum do? You know, my mum was the 
the most beautiful person in the whole entire world. She worked with disabled children. You know, she was an amazing mum, an amazing nan, an amazing wife, an amazing friend, auntie, daughter. You know, she, daughter to my nan, she was absolutely beautiful and incredible. And she did everything for everybody. She literally, you know, there's not a thing she wouldn't do for you. But why did she deserve this? Why did she deserve to lose her life? And even before she lost her life, to be faced with losing her life and to know that she was going to lose her life. And she had to live that week with that grief and knowing the fear and knowing what she was going to have to go through and knowing that she wasn't going to be there for all of us at those important events like you know my brother having his first child me and Luke getting married or my sister getting married or Brooklyn growing up and seeing Bo come into this world and you know growing old with my dad why wasn't she allowed to you know to you know to be there and to witness all of that but she laid in that bed and she knew that she was going to miss out on so much of our lives and and I was so angry that that that's what that you know that that's what happened. That it was as what did she do to deserve that? Like when you've got people walking the streets like murderers and rapists and you know people who hurt children and you know people who are other people and they're walking around like without a care in the world. And you know my amazing mum who did everything for everybody was you know was taken. It just didn't seem fair. It wasn't right. It, it, it just, it just seemed so. Even now, I can't understand it, and I'm so angry about it. I hated God, and I couldn't believe that He had done this to us. I couldn't believe that He didn't give us that break. Now, I'm not a religious person. I always believed in God. But I'm not religious. I'm not someone who prays. I'm not someone who goes to church. But I do believe in God. And to me, this completely changed my belief. It really did. To me, my prayers went unnoticed. I prayed a hundred times a day. I really did. And we'll talk more about that when we go into bargaining, which is another stage of grief. And we'll talk more about praying to God and you know, and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But to me, I felt like those prayers went unnoticed. It felt like they wasn't good enough. It felt like everything that I had offered in those prayers, you know, they wasn't wanted, they wasn't needed because he didn't listen. He still took my mum. No matter what I promised him, he still took her. And in God's eyes, we clearly wasn't good enough and neither was my mum. We wasn't good enough for that miracle. We wasn't good enough to be spared this pain. My mum wasn't good enough in his eyes. And to me, I just thought if there was such a God up there, then he wouldn't have let my mum suffer like this because she did suffer. She really did. And he wouldn't let us suffer this loss. He wouldn't want to see us hurt. But he, you know, but he did. I hated sepsis, I hated pneumonia, I hated fibrosis, I hated every single one of those poxy diseases that took my mum from me. I hated them with every fibre of my being. I wanted to just scream and punch the wall and 
just imagine it was those illnesses. I really wanted to, you know, to smash them up. And But above all else, I hated myself. I hated myself for not noticing that my mum was sick. I hated myself for not taking my mum to the hospital sooner. I know I took her to the hospital as soon as I could. But at that time, I sat there and I thought, I should have took her to the hospital when she first got the chest infection. I should have took her to the hospital then. I shouldn't have left it this long. I hated myself for doing it. But she wasn't sick. She wasn't ill. She was absolutely fine. She was walking around like normal. And as I said, the moment that she needed to go to the hospital, we made sure that she did. And But you can't see clearly when you're in that, that emotion of grief, you can't see clearly. You start to see things so jaded and... Um, it's not clear and you're not you're not really processing things correctly because now I can say I did everything for my mum I literally did but at the time I couldn't see that and I hated myself for not fighting harder for her for not telling the doctors you need to do this you need to do that but I'm not a professional I'm not a doctor I don't know you know, I don't know what's the right thing to do when they tell you they're trying this treatment or they're trying this drug or they're going to try this approach. You just think that, oh, okay, yeah, they know what they're doing. You don't really argue, but I started to hate myself for not arguing with them. And then I'd sit and I would think back to every single time that me and my mum had a disagreement. And I'm so angry and devastated with myself for it. I kept feeling about, like thinking about the things that I did or I didn't do during my mum's life. Like times where I'd say, I'll go round to her later and then I'd get home from work and I'd be tired and I wouldn't go round there. Or, you know, times when I wouldn't, you know, when I could have just cooked her dinner that I know she really liked, but I just didn't think. And all of those little things, I was so angry and upset with myself for it. Even though I know... I was an amazing son to my mum. I really was. And I'm not just saying that. I really was. My mum told me so many times that I was her rock. I helped her through losing my nan. I helped her through a whole illness, you know, being at that hospital. Me, my brother, my sister, my dad, Luke. We was there through every single step of her, her illness and... We didn't leave her side for a single second. You know, I know that I've done so much with my mum and I've got so many memories with her. But as I said, you can't, when you lose someone, they're the, they're the feelings that you have and regrets that you live with. And, and that really is such a hard thing to live with. Even though you know that you've done everything that you could, but sometimes... You know, sometimes that really is heartbreaking when you've got those regrets. Even if you shouldn't have them, you've got them. And I just, like, I would think to myself, was there any more that I could have done? I felt guilty. And I think the term for it is survivor's guilt. 
and I think I would do a podcast talking about survivor's guilt as well um but yeah that's you know that's how I felt was you know was guilty that I was alive and she wasn't and guilty that I was going to carry on living and she wasn't and I know I need to stop feeling like that and I know I need to stop thinking about did I do enough because I know that I did and you know I know throughout her life we had such an amazing life and we did everything together and I need to remember that but it really is hard when you're grieving to see the reality it is really really hard and above all else I was and I still am angry that my whole family's life had changed in an absolute instant Our lives were now empty and lonely and there was nothing that we could do about it. In the blink of an eye, our lives and our future had completely changed. I was angry that I lost my mum. I was angry that my brother and my sister had lost their mum. I was angry that my dad had lost his wife and Brooklyn had lost her nan and Bo never got to meet her nan I was so angry for all of that. I was angry for every single person, not just for myself. I would look at my dad and I would think, you've got to go to bed on your own now. And, you know, I was angry that he never got to share a bed with somebody, you know, with my mum anymore. And, you know, angry that he never got to watch EastEnders with her anymore or call the midwife or any of those shows. And, you know, angry that Brooklyn couldn't ring my mum of a night and say how her day at school had gone or what certificate she had earned or... You know, I was angry that my mum wasn't at Bo's birth. All of those things I was so, and I still am so angry about. You know, that my brother, my mum won't be there when my brother has his first baby. Or when me and Luke get married, my mum won't be walking walking me down the aisle. Just the heartbreak that, you, you know, you can never explain it. You you know, I was there at my sister's birth, at my um, at Bo- at Bo's birth, and when I was holding my sister's hand, the the grief that I felt that my sister had to go through that birth without her mum was absolutely devastating. You know, and it something that will never ever go. But anyway, guys, it's important, as I said earlier, to remember. That not all stages of grief will be experienced in this order. You know, there's no order for it. And again, these are just my personal experiences. And you could experience each stage several times. You know, you're not going to do one stage and then move on to the next. And you're never going to see that stage again. You could go in and out of each stage. These are just my personal experiences. And they're just common stages of grief. So that's brought me to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I know that these episodes may be a little bit uncomfortable because we're talking about such an emotional subject, but I just really wanted to share with you my experience of these stages and how it's been for me in these stages. And I'm I'm by no means trained in grief counseling or anything like that 
this is just my personal experience. And as I say, this this stage of anger, I've been in it for, well, for a year. I've been in this stage of anger since my mum went in hospital. I've not I've not come out of this stage. I've not left it. There might be a day or two where you don't have that anger, but they will just be, you know, they are just a way of what you're going to feel after you you lose somebody. And I just wanted to share that with you all because as I, you know, this is this podcast is about my world, you know, it's going to it's as I've said on so many podcasts before, it's a journey of my life. I'm going to share with you the highs of my life, the lows of my life, the good parts, the bad parts, and literally everything in between. And I think that this podcast started through grief and it it wouldn't be right if I didn't touch on those subjects. So guys, I just wanted to say thank you so, so much to each and every one of you who have tuned in, who has listened, who has subscribed, who has sent me positive and incredible feedback. It really has meant so much to me and it honestly has made doing this podcast so much worthwhile. So from the very bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much. And remember, if you wanted to get in contact with me, then I'm on Instagram. My handle is at It's Davies World. You can send me a DM on there and see like a little visual snippet into my life. You can also email me on itsdaviesworld at hotmail.com. And I've got a YouTube channel called Davies World. So if you do want to get in touch and you do want to talk about anything that I've discussed in this week's episode or any previous episode, then please just send me a message or whatever you want to do and you know we can um you know I'll be there for you as much as I possibly can so all that's left for me to say then is please continue to rate and review share this podcast if you can so that I can reach a wider audience if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts then please push subscribe and you will get a little notification when a new episode is uploaded if you're on Spotify, then then just push follow and you'll also get a notification too. Um, but other than that, guys, I will speak to you again in the next episode. Lots of love to you all. <laughs>